Hey everybody, this episode has two guests, so don't turn that dial, okay? I've never had out of control, like, damage stuff. The one nice thing about dealing with Airbnb is that the site is designed... So you know what happens in Uber if you puke in an Uber? No, I've never Cleaning done that. Cleaning fee. Yeah, I think it's what, 150 or 250 I think it's 250 How do y'all know that? Because yeah. I've talked to guys that got puked out of <laughs> Joining us for this episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamer. <laughs> and we've got quite an episode for you today. Uh, but first of all, Jennifer, what are we sipping on? Today we are drinking a red wine, Gnarly Head. Hmm. Where is that from? It's from Napa. <laughs> yeah. I love red tins. <laughs> it's not bad at all. No, it's not. Hmm. It's got. Tastes like depth to it. I don't know. That's just the word that comes to mind. Depth. Do you like it? Yes. Love it. <laughs> Big fan. Yes. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Byron Brewer. He is, uh, well, I guess you'll find out soon. Uh, <laughs> this week we are talking about all things uh, short-term rental. Uh, Airbnb in particular. Yeah. And uh, today we have joining us Byron Brewer. He is an entrepreneur, real estate enthusiast, and app developer from Detroit, Michigan originally. And uh, we know him through our uh, co-host, Jennifer. Uh, well, he's also lived in South Carolina. Gamecock Nation. Byron, thank you so much for being with us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. You know what? What's the number one thing that you think our listeners should know about airbnb short-term rentaling, that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, I think anyone that's never stayed in Airbnb should. Whether it's here locally, whether it's in another country, it's something that um, I've stayed in Airbnbs uh, throughout the States. Uh, last time I was in Charleston. Um, great opportunity to go down there, stay in an Airbnb for a weekend for a wedding. Uh, next week we'll be staying in an Airbnb in Columbia. So that'll be interesting. Um, Not Columbia, South Carolina. No, 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 no. no. Oh. South America. So, uh, not Pablo Escobar's place, but somewhere down the road from it. So, uh, Yay. No, it's one of those, it's, it's something different. It's kind of like taking a Lyft or an Uber. Yeah. If you've never done it before, um, it's always worth checking out. So, um, I moved here about two years ago from Charlotte. And when my lease was ending, I wanted to buy a place in Airbnb it because I travel for work sometimes. Yeah. So, that was the mindset of why... Having stayed in Airbnbs before, knowing that, all right, kind of how they work on the back end, knowing that there's opportunities in Nashville to Airbnb them because people are always coming here to visit. That was my original goal. Yeah. Um, just with timing and other variables, not being able to find what I wanted and come some of the restrictions for downtown, um, I kind of fell into a place called Nido, which for anyone that's not familiar with it, used to be called the Olmstead. Oh, okay. Brand new building. Uh, they built it about two years ago in Nashville, down on Fifth Avenue. So luxury, high rise, uh, six stories, about 320 units. And a company out of Florida came in and basically bought the Olmstead. And they are the first in the world 
that legally allow renters to Airbnb it. So everyone in the building, Nito, is a renter. No one owns it. Hmm. Um, they have restrictions as far as how often you can rent it per city guidelines. Uh, so technically, you can rent it up to 180 days per year. And then it's your apartment. You set the price, what you want to put it on. Uh, some of the restrictions at Nito, you can only rent it on Airbnb. Oh, okay. So basically, I found out about this from a friend of mine that lived at Olmstead. Uh, when they first bought the building, kind of got some mixed reviews. <laughs> uh, and I could understand that. I mean, it's one of those things where living in an apartment complex, to some people, that's kind of their home, mm-hmm. which makes sense because they live there. Um, and they like knowing their neighbors. They like knowing the concierge. They like knowing the people that are there and, and everything around them. And that's they want to feel safe. They want to they want to make friends. Um, with Airbnb coming into your building, you sometimes lose that familiarity of people that you're going to see because you're gonna, you're not going to see the same people twice sometimes because right. they're there for the weekend. But to me, I didn't care. So. I was like, <laughs> right. so uh, so I signed on with a two-bedroom lease, and at the time, Olmstead was pretty much full. It was becoming neato, so doing a transition, allowing people to move out if they didn't want to live there, um, and allowing other people that wanted to move in the opportunity to move in with the knowledge that you'd be able to basically Airbnb your apartment. So here's the, I mean, here, here's the kicker. And this is the thing that, like, it's, it's like the big pink elephant in the room where by city ordinance, everyone that lives there, that has a lease there, rents it there. Mm-hmm. So you can only rent up to 180 days a year mm-hmm. under city ordinance for, gotcha. short term, for owner-occupied rentals. So management is never going to sit there and tell you you can rent it out as much as you want because technically they would be telling people you could break the law. Right. And the flip side... Who's going to regulate it? Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of the big pink elephant where like, and that's the thing, like when people signed on, nobody knew if they were going to enforce 180 days or not. Right. To this day, they still don't know. Mm-hmm. So some of the, the city could come in at any reason whatsoever. Hotels could come in if they really wanted to and say, hey, here's the deal. You got this building called Nido, and we want to pull permits to find out how many, because you have to pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So every single month when I pay taxes, I have to put down how many nights I rent my place out. Okay, well. It's easy to track. Yeah, it's really yeah, easy to track. Yeah. The, the numbers are mm-hmm. there. It's on Airbnb's platform. You can only rent it on Airbnb. Right. So if you really wanted to know, you go to Airbnb and you say, hey, we have a specific unit here. We want to know how many nights this was rented out. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 the information's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The kicker is, who's it hurting? Like, okay. City's getting tax money off it. Right. People are coming in, staying downtown. Nito's like it's people are you know get, so it's not it's not like hurting people. Right. Until the hotel industry comes in and decides, hey, you know what, this is hurting. What the, my guess is what they don't want is they don't want multiple Nitos popping up. Yeah. Uh, okay. That'd be my guess is they don't want a place like the Element to turn into a Nito. Mm-hmm. And for multiple reasons. Hmm. I would recommend that anyone that wanted to do it, do it. If They, they just have to know how to do it and why to do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those, if you're going in at the wrong time of the year, it's not going to be cost effective to do it. Just, it's just, it just won't. Like You can't make money at 4200 bucks a month on a two-bedroom. 
Do you see benefits of doing it through Nido as a rental versus doing it where you bought the property as the owner? Oh yeah, I mean the, the key thing, I'd say the majority of the reasons why people do it through Nido is because it's minimal risk. Mm-hmm. I mean the risk is what, one month's rent to break a lease? Yeah. So you okay. can kind of try it out? That's why I did it. Mm-hmm. And th- that's the problem is once you run the numbers, just keep in mind Nido takes 25%. Wow. So when you when you so look on top of your rent, you yeah. have to pay them like twenty five percent. Yeah. Okay. So you look at that and you say, okay, I'm going to spend. Let's say let's say I got it at four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay. So throw on top of that twenty five percent. So that, now you got to make what is that six grand? Yeah. Uh, sixty five hundred. Fifty five hundred. Whatever it is, Gamecock math. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Networth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. This podcast is brought to you in part by Goran Reynolds, PLLC a law firm that focuses on real estate transactions. Whether you're trying to make sure your property is STR ready or you have to close on a contract quickly. The attorneys at Gore and Reynolds strive to make sure that every investor and real estate professional has the protection of the law. Give them a call at 615-784-3969 and check out their website at gorerentalslaw.com. Uh, so anyway, you have to he make He did that. not say that because I'm a Clemson fan. So, <laughs> he went there. You, you got to hit that number. Fantastic. In order just to hit your break-even point of four grand to cover your rent. Then you have to factor in your taxes. So taxes, I'd say, go between three and 500 bucks a month. So when you're looking at that, saying, okay, so in order, if you're going to have a $4,000 a month rent, you have to have at least six grand coming in, in revenue. And you factor in your miscellaneous verb. Oh, plus cleaning fees. Mm-hmm. So let's say you rent, let's say you clean it, I'd say an average of eight times. Okay. Another 800 bucks. So you factor that in, all right, now you're at six grand, you're about $7,000 and that's with no intangibles so as far as if anything gets damaged if you have to buy anything new for your apartment the coffee the amenities the other stuff that are just you know tic-tac toilet paper but i mean maybe 50 bucks a month if you budget and whatever it is you start looking at it and you're like okay if i come in at four thousand dollars a month if i'm not bringing in at least sixty five hundred, i'm losing money well good luck Mm-hmm. Ain't gonna happen. Like the best month I ever had it was actually in the fall. It was seven thousand. Wow. On the two bedroom. And that's the other thing that comes in is now you've got two hundred people doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you've got someone that says, "Hey, it's like crackhead prices. All right, fifty-five bucks a night." Because they just they want it, they want to rent it out. Because they're looking at it saying, "Hey, fifty-five dollars of something is more than hours of nothing." Okay. Then, well, if I charge 55 bucks a night and I have a $100 cleaning fee, I can actually make 150 So mm-hmm. that's where now all of a sudden you've got 200 people that are renting out and it gets competitive between all those people. If you run a hotel, it's your hotel. 
is right. the way word is. So that's just kind of where it's an interesting experiment. And that's mm-hmm. why I like it, because when you're involved in it, you have a better understanding for what's going on, why it's going on, how it's going on, the things that work, the things that don't work. Um, you know, Airbnb guests, like how they act and, and what they do. <laughs> and I mean, I've had some great guests and I've had some awful guests. And the worst part about it sometimes is it puts the individual, I had someone tell me the other day that they had to leave the apartment because their mother had a stroke and she's gonna die. And I feel oh. bad, I'm like, that's awful. Mm. But on the flip side, it's also in the same regard are sometimes people saying things mm-hmm. to, oh, I've got jury duty today. Sorry, I can't come in. Yeah. Hold on a second here. Like, right. and, and, and that's why it puts to some people, it's kind of like, all right, give someone the benefit of the doubt, but it's also a business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why sometimes if you're going in to do it, it's like my sister, she wanted to do an Airbnb and I was like, I don't, I'm like, it's not for everyone. And she lives in Virginia and she wanted to get a beach house. I'm like, you got too thin of a skin. You're like, someone's going to give you a four-star ranking on something and you're going to fly through the roof. Like, it's not for everyone. Like, there's just mm-hmm. some people out there that for whatever reason have this mindset, this expectation. And it's just like, sorry, this isn't a, you know, this isn't a bed and breakfast. Like, yeah, the name's Airbnb, but no, there's, there's no... There's a bed. There's no breakfast. Like, I don't know what you thought about that, but no, that's not my fault. You're just, like, you're reading too much into this. But that's part of it, you know. And that's why, from my standpoint, people do it for different reasons. I mean, can you make money on it? Absolutely. If you do it the right way, you do it responsibly. You can learn a lot from doing it. For instance, if you own your own building, or your own property, you can hire a management company. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's anywhere from like 15 to 20 percent. Mm-hmm. And as more of them are coming on the market, it's getting more competitive. But they handle the maintenance, the bookings, the cleanings, the phone calls, everything. Wow. So, okay, you look at that now say, okay, I could buy this place here, mm-hmm. rent it out on Airbnb, knowing that the mortgage is going to cost X amount of dollars. It's furnished. I've got those expenses paid for. Okay, this other company could come in and completely manage it for me. And I'm going to pay them 20% of the revenue. Do you see yourself taking it the next step and continuing this and buying something or whatever? Yeah, without a doubt. It's one of those things where um, with Airbnbs, more and more people want to come to Nashville. Mm -hmm. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. More and more people are traveling here. And that's some of the things that are, to me, the most shocking was that my busiest months or my best months have been in the fall, Mm -hmm. which complete opposite, I thought for sure that summer would be the busiest. Right. And July was actually the worst month ever. You were thinking those bachelorette parties were going to come party it up and... (laughs) And, Yes. And I guess in a way, um, and that's part of learning it. And that's where you think to yourself, okay, 4th of July, Nashville, I can charge a super premium. And then you're kind of holding out for that super premium rate. But then you don't get it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden... You get to that point, like literally this year, I was getting on a plane 4th of July mm-hmm. and my Airbnb booked out on 4th of July, like the day of. Oh, wow. Like it was not rented out. I'd held out and literally I was getting on a flight and a guy booked it for like four nights, basically paid for my entire trip. Oh, I went to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and like literally like this guy paid for the entire trip 
because he booked it last minute. But then again, I also lowered it from what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the things that you learn. You think to yourself, it's going to be so busy, so busy. Just like with um, the draft. Yeah. yeah, we had heard that from a lot of owners saying that you know they expected uh, like it be, be to sell out. You no, know, it but, didn't. but it didn't. All. Even hotels were, no. were so not the max. people were here, but what? Where did they go? It's a circus. <laughs> it's like when the circus comes to town, people don't travel from out of state to see this. I think everyone that was here. Most likely were from the state of Tennessee, or a good portion of them. Gotcha. So they could drive home. Uh, I hope they were. <laughs> they could Uber home or but, Lyft home. Yeah, I think it was one of those a big presence, or even sometimes, just because they're in Nashville doesn't mean they stay in Nashville. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of things. Right? I've heard people before that they'll get Airbnbs, but they get them twenty minutes outside of town. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, it's almost kind of defeats the purpose of, if you look at the cost and the time and everything else that goes into it, is it really worth it to do that? And I guess to some people it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to me, the, the quality of what's downtown is mm-hmm. there. So it's not like, you know, pick on Detroit. So, <laughs> you know, it's like Detroit, you're like, all right, I'm not gonna stay in downtown Detroit because there's nothing there. Yeah. I'll stay in the suburbs. I'll stay out in Gross Point somewhere than Uber in. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's like the case in Nashville. I think in Nashville right. there's enough quality downtown where people should stay there if they want to. Yeah, so the whole draft thing, that was a, that was a shocker. Yeah. Like, that was a complete shocker because I thought for what it would be going for and what you expected to go for, it didn't. Mike, what else you got for me? What would you say... <laughs> uh, uh, what have been your difficult uh, guests, I suppose? Any crazy stories of that nature? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess the the one problem with some guests is they don't understand that you're in downtown Nashville and it's just a loud, happening city. Mm-hmm. And it's something that... Have you ever been to New York? Yes. Been to New York? Yes. All right. Say Big Apple. You go to New York, it's New York City. Yeah. So going to New York City... And and expecting that you're gonna bring a baby with you and be able to have a peaceful night's sleep in downtown <laughs> Manhattan or downtown Times Square. I mean, even here, like living here, I, I talk to people that with the ambulances that go up and down. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I've got a good buddy that lives at um Sobro and the um little rocket carts, the little pedal taverns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it's just it's it's loud. It's just noisy. But you should expect that. Yes, you're right. You should expect that. Um, and you're in downtown Nashville, and it's one of those. So I think the biggest issue I've ever had, I've never had out of control, like, damage stuff. The one nice thing about dealing with Airbnb is that the site is designed. So you know what happens in Uber if you puke in an Uber? No, I've never Cleaning done that. fee. Yeah, I think it's what buck fifty, hundred fifty or two fifty. I think it's two fifty. How do y'all know that? Because yeah. I've talked to guys that got puked. <laughs> so, but they've they've set it up where it's kind of like, hey, there's a precedent. If this is what happens, this. So, um, I mean, I've gotten bad reviews from people that the big thing was the noise, mm-hmm. and with Nito because of our location and where we are, uh, specifically because of the new construction, mm-hmm. and it was one of those. You can do things like put in. No, not noise machines, but little Google Pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, put in soundproof curtains, stuff like that. So you mm-hmm. can do upgrades to your place to try to accommodate it or try to you know, put a Band-Aid on it, I guess. Um, 
but there's only so much you can do when you're blasting into mm -hmm. the ground at seven o'clock in the morning. So with things like that, you just gotta roll with the punches. And if people complain, try to make them happy. I definitely have talked to people in my building that Airbnb has relocated people from one unit to another. Mm. Where they've literally said, hey, this, this guest cannot stay in your building. And they look for other units to relocate them to. Um, and with that, there's always you know concessions. You can go and say, hey, I apologize for that. If I gave you a discount, would that be better? So there are things that you can do on your end to try mm -hmm. to make that better. Worst thing I ever had, somebody, it was, it was a, I guess they had their parents with them over the weekend. And they just had like blood everywhere. Oh, so I, I guess uh, so. Yes, that's pretty, I guess a good story. We want the whole story. All right, so basically, it's like, <laughs> so the issue I always had was that sometimes you get these reviews from people, and you're just like, hey, you know, that's not that's not the best review I could have, should have, or would have gotten. So some people go above and beyond, and they'll personally be there to greet their guests and do everything else. That's not me. <laughs> like that, I hate to say it, but I the reason for having the Airbnb, especially at Nido, is that you want to have the ability to have a cleaning service that can come in from your app and kind of, I want to say self-manage it, mm -hmm. but I don't need to personally be there. I don't need to micromanage my, my Airbnb. I don't want, I would not want somebody to be there. No. I, I wouldn't. I would, mm. like I'm outgoing, but that would be like introvert in me. Like Cooper. don't show up. To, to greet me. I'm good. Thank you. Me and my sorority <laughs> sisters. Hello. <laughs> I got some wine for y'all. <laughs> so, and that's what some people do. And they, they take it to the next level. Which, hey, depending on their schedule, depending on what they want, fantastic. Me, um, communication's always key. Hey, here's the information. More you need to know. Any questions, call me, text me, whatever you need. So, I've never done that. Sometimes you get feedback from other people in the building. Hey, this. Like, what do you do? What do you charge for your cleaning fee? It's, that's one of the nice things about Nito as a, mm -hmm. as an entity, is that you've got two hundred other people, their home share in their place. So you've got two hundred other people that you can really talk to, ask questions about, and kind of get their feedback from. And it doesn't make you feel so isolated when something happens to you, because mm -hmm. it's like. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have heard what happened. Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, long story short, I took it upon myself to like, hey, what if you call the people up on the phone before they actually get there, mm -hmm. introduce yourself, ask any questions, take two minutes just to personalize yourself so that way the person that's giving you the review oh. kind of puts a voice to a, a name. Then they feel bad if they give you a bad review. Right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So I started doing that, and I did that, talked to this, you know, one of the first people I was doing it with. He's coming in town for a conference with his wife, in-laws, kids, whatnot. Stayed there for an entire week. At one point, he asked me where a, where a broom was. He texted me, hey, where's there a broom? Which I never really thought about at the time, but I don't know why you'd need a broom if you're staying in an apartment, but it is what it is. Anyway, after their visit's over, I wasn't even here at the time. I was actually in Colorado. And I get a text message from the cleaning service that's just like, hey, just so you know, there was blood all over the pillowcase, all over the sheets, all over the comforter, all over the mattress pad. Whoa. To which response, all right. And then I said, I thought it was kind of funny, actually. 
So I sent it. Well, no, not that part. So I sent a, I sent a, a text message out to a bunch of my other neighbors at Nito, and I was like, okay, if this happened to you, would you one call the police because somebody got murdered? In your <laughs> Two, call the guy and ask him what happened. Three, you know, just go to Airbnb and find him. Four, do nothing. Like you have you have multiple options, and that's where at that standpoint, it's kind of like okay. One, I'm grateful that the cleaning crew actually notified me of that. And that's yeah. one of the benefits of having an outsourced thing is that, okay, they realize it, they notify me. Now, at my end, I decide what do I want to do with it. Yeah. So I ended up texting the guy, hey, just wanted to follow up <laughs> and make sure you had a great stay. Any questions or comments, please let me know. Thinking that, okay, he didn't notify me that something happened, whatever it might have been before he left just basically leaves it like that so this is the hey we had a conversation before you got here communicated why you were here I was very you know, responsive and now that you're gone just want to confirm that everything was you know, any questions or concerns that everybody you know, died is <laughs> really what I want to confirm <laughs> he, he gave me this like really two paragraph dissertation oh, about like wow. everything in the place and what you did in Nashville and what used the first aid kit because his grandfather fell down at the Parthenon and everything else. And I was like, okay, so grandpa's still alive. That's good. <laughs> so, but that was it. There was no, oh, by the way, you, you know, you got a pint of blood on your, uh, on your king size bed in there. So he just didn't say anything about it. So I was like, okay. And that's where I'm mine. It's like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, it's always nice to have that feedback, that community of people you can ask their feedback. But um, that's where Airbnb comes into play, where you can really file a resolution or a dispute, whatever it is. And it's like, hey, this is what happened. This is what the cost is going to be to fix it. They basically follow up directly with the guest. Hey, apparently there's some issues <laughs> while you left, while you were there. They come back, and then basically it's kind of like, a, hey, okay, sorry about that. We'll pay for it. So I was in a situation where uh, that's happened twice. That happened once, and then a second time. And the second time, which was they knocked a painting off the wall. Yeah. And the only reason I even knew about it, because that's the other thing with Airbnbs a lot of times, is you don't know if something's broke until it's almost too late. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, oh, this is missing, or this is broke, or this, like... But, okay, someone was here from Friday until Sunday. They check out on Sunday. Someone else comes in on Monday. They leave on a Wednesday. Someone else comes in on a Thursday, stays till Monday. Okay, so within literally 10 days, you've had three completely different groups in your place. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's missing? What's broke? Oh, the iron's broke. Who didn't use the iron? Who'd use the iron? I don't know. Oh, like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. How, how, do you, and how do you accuse somebody of doing it? Right. And then if you accuse somebody, all of a sudden now you're... And, all because you want that magical five-star review. So that's one of the issues that a lot of times, so if if you're cleaning it yourself and you're OCD and you recognize everything, but maybe you don't realize that this is missing or this is broken or this is until the next person, then what do you do? Yeah. And that's where um, in the first situation with the blood, it was kind of hard not to miss. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of those, it is what it is. Hey, tell you what, this is what I'm going to charge you for it. It's more than fair, and you have to replace your sheets and stuff anyways. You really can't dry clean that stuff. So it's like, 
I'll give you a fair price for what it's going to cost to have me replace it. But at the end of the day, I didn't do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and I think that's part of the thing on Airbnb as well is that sometimes I think people don't realize that it's like, it's not a hotel. No. And even if it was a hotel, I don't know, a hotel would probably call the cops. <laughs> um, be like, we don't know what happened up in there, but we can have this again. So, looking for fast and easy financing on your next real estate project? Property recycling is that perfect fit. Reach out today and find out just how easy your next investment property loan can be. Property recycling can finance 100% of your purchase and rehab at competitive rates. Call Allison at 615-806-7500 or visit propertyrecycle.com for more information and an easy online application. Throwing a big event? Southern Seasonings has you covered. With crowd pleasers like robust chicken parmesan meatballs, Southern Seasonings is the perfect option. Each meal is centered around whole, fresh ingredients with just a dab of home. If you're looking for vegan, vegetarian, or savory comfort foods, get ready for a rush of delicious. Visit them at southernseasoningsinc.com to book your next meal. Southern Seasonings, where their special ingredient is love. And we are back. Thank you so much for uh, taking a moment to listen to our sponsors of this sweet podcast we got here. Um, <laughs> we are still sticking with this theme of Airbnb and being a host. And our next guest is somebody, well, somebody really important. Jennifer, um, who might our next guest be? So today, you do not just get the privilege of listening to one Hamrick, you get to hear from two. What? <laughs> so my brother, John Hamrick, is joining us from Denver, Colorado, where he is a super host for Airbnb. So him and his wife, Iris, own a home there, and they have people come through often. Yes. So thank you for being with us, John. Of course. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. <laughs> Fantastic. So, I know you have a lot of people coming through. What is the number one thing you think our listeners should know when it comes to being an Airbnb host? Um, well, I guess some of the major things that they'd need to know, at least here in Denver, is, uh, well, every city is a little different, right? right. Um, here in Denver, um, it's really hard to become an Airbnb host. Yeah. Um there is a process that you have to go through in order to become an Airbnb host here in Denver County. And uh, it, it, essentially you have to go to the city and buy a business permit and, and you are your own small business, um, which is something that a lot of other cities don't do. But uh, here it is um, kind of time consuming. Uh, it's not too pricey. It's about $50 uh, up front. Um, to get that rolling, um, some other things that uh, that I that I think first time listeners should know is uh, you know Airbnb is 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 not easy. Uh, it is a lot of work. <laughs> um, it can be a little bit crazy if you travel a lot yourself, um, which we love to do. Um, but it is a great uh, source of second income um, for you and your family um you're able to, to put that money towards travels or uh for our case the house itself uh, we purchased the house um knowing that it needed a little bit of work but it was ready to go for an airbnb so we're able to 
take the money from the Airbnb and use it towards upgrading the house. Man, that's really awesome. So speaking of saving up, uh, is it really great money or is it like, oh, it fills the coffee can and over time it's good money? Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a good question. Every month's a little different. Um, actually, right now we're in the slow months uh, oh. here in Denver just because the majority of people that are coming to Colorado are going up to the mountains, right? Uh. Um we actually have hit a high of about $1,800 in one month, and you know we've hit a low of about $500. So, I mean, hmm. you're bringing in a significant amount of money at the end of the year. Yeah, that's huge. And too, yeah, um, as an investor, you know, where it would be, you know, those that are not occupying it, it's not like you have to pay additional rent because you live there, so it's your mortgage. So this is money kind of on top of what you've already got going on. That's actually not bad at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we cover ourselves with our mortgage, and all that money just goes towards our savings. So uh, it's nice. It's a it's a nice extra little amount to come in every month. That's great. One thing about Airbnb, though, also is that it uh, it does pay you out after every single visit. So it's not uh-huh. you're not waiting till the end of the month, or you're not waiting till the end of the year for them to pay you out a lump sum. They will pay you out after each visit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it is. So what have you found makes for a great Airbnb pad? Um, I think uniqueness. Uh, obviously, our, our Airbnb, I mean, we call it Grandma's Bungalow Retreat Island. <laughs> um, which, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a kind of a catchy name. Um, and, it, and it reflects the interior of the bungalow right uh the airbnb it's it's an older house it's from 1930s um and the downstairs is kind of a retro look from from the 1950s we have an old 1950s oven downstairs um doesn't work right now we don't trust people that come in the house to to turn it on turn it off because it is gas um but we we also have you know a 1930s refrigerator downstairs um and all of our all of our furniture kind of reflects that as well. So um, I think I think having a unique Airbnb, a uh, mm-hmm. unique name that's kind of catchy, um, is, is is a great thing when it comes to um, kind of being different and standing out above the crowd. What would you say are the things that um, that the new person getting started doing what you're doing? should know like if they're you know um since i don't do it i don't know exactly but the things that you would go oh yeah you should look out for this because they're going to need that or be sure that you get the keys in the right place or is there a code on the door that helps people check in at 3 a.m sometimes yeah i think um i think using your knowledge from past experiences really kind of helped us um, for instance, we do have a lockbox on the outside of the door. Uh, that way people can check in whenever we're not around. Oh. Uh, that's a huge thing. Um, other things is, you know, be weary of, of your calendar. Be sure you're checking it a lot because um, linking up your personal calendar with your Airbnb calendar could be an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we realized that we double booked uh, for people coming into town when we're going to be out of town the entire time. So... Um, getting it flipped can be an issue. 
Um, we're mm. fortunate enough to have a house cleaner that can come and clean it and flip it for us if we need to, but then take into account that that is going to cost you and that will come out of your your Airbnb income. Do y'all do any sort of like gifts or anything like that for people when they arrive? That's, uh, yeah, actually we do. That was one thing that we insist on doing. Um, we have an, a, a tin uh, container downstairs that says thankful on the front. Hmm. Uh, and inside of it, we put, depending on the night's stay, right? If it's more than one night, we'll put a bottle of wine, um, some snacks, some chips, some nice dessert treats. Um, and, you know, we, we also will, from time to time, if people leave, you know, a case of beer or something, we'll leave it down there for, for people to use in the future if it's unopened. Um, hmm. We try to provide a lot for our guests. Um, we do provide a, um, a drum full of coffee. Uh, we provide creamers. We, you know, we have magazines, travel magazines downstairs. Um, there's, there's so many little things that you, that people appreciate whenever they come to an Airbnb and we've gotten multiple people write us, letting us know that, you know, the thoughtful things that we've kind of done for them and for their stay is the reason why they will come back. Awesome. Yeah. That makes the difference. Those small touches, um, makes it more special, especially if they've never even been to the area, makes it feel more homey. Yeah, it does. And that's that's what we look at our Airbnb as, right? It's our place, but it's what we would want if we were traveling and if we were going to an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. All the amenities and all the little extras. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, last question, I suppose. Where do you see short-term rentals and uh, so forth going in the Denver market in the next few years? Well, uh, the Denver market is, is booming. Um for houses uh, right now, I see it just continuing as long as the economy continues. Um, we are uh, in a really good place uh, for visitors. Um, it's um, it's a big city. It's close to the mountains, center of the country, and there's big music scene. Uh, Red Rocks is about 15 minutes from our house, <laughs> so um, I think that. As long as the economy is going, people are going to continue to travel. As long as they continue to travel, obviously short-term rentals are going to go uh, be a go-to. Um, people don't always want to go spend the time and spend the extra surcharges and spend um, all the extras on a hotel. Sometimes people just enjoy being in a homey place, which is what Airbnb kind of allows. Very true. A homey place. Well said, <laughs> sir. Well said. <laughs> Well, thank you. So I do want to add... That's the way we treat it. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. I do want to add that we have put the link to John and Iris' Airbnb (laughs) on our website. So if you are traveling to the Denver market and you need a a cozy place to stay where you're going to get all kinds of royal treatment... Yeah, that thankful (laughs) tin sounds amazing. Um, Oh, yeah. Check it out. Only the best for our guests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, John Hammer, thank you so much for being on the cast with us today. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Hopefully we can do it again. Yes, thank you.
been a production of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.